0: Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Matt Baxendale. As we are wont to do occasionally, we will post a thread to the Front Row Message Board asking for questions slash topics you guys want to hear. I posted one of those last night. We've got some questions and topics that you guys mentioned on the board that I think are very good and Bax and I are going to answer some of these questions. We're going to get into some of these topics. All right, starting right at the top here, Bax. Aku asks, what are your realistic expectations for Jim Knowles' defense in year one?
1: Top 40 in the country in total defense, top 40 in scoring. With the talent level Ohio State has, it's absolutely a very reasonable, fair goal. I'm not asking him to have the number three defense again like he did at Oklahoma State, right? But the talent on hand is too high to not be able to have a just good defense. I'm not expecting an elite defense here. I'm not expecting a defense that gives up eight points a game here. I am expecting a defense that can, you know, not wet itself whenever the uh, whenever the opportunity arises uh, to actually make a stop. So top 40 in the country in scoring and top 40 in total defense is where my my early expectation is. And if they're better, fantastic.
0: I'd be okay with that because we know the offense is going to be elite. They were the number 59 total defense last year, but their schedule last year wasn't as tough as it's going to be this year. This year at the tougher schedule, if they're top 40 in both categories, like you said, total defense, scoring defense, to go along with what's going to be probably the top offense in college football again, uh, that could be good enough. I'm hoping for, as you mentioned, better than that. I, I really was going to set it at top 30. Um, I'd be okay. I mean, that's, I, I no worse than top 40, but, um, hopefully they can get a top, 30. top 32,
1: Dave. I'm not going to be 25.
0: I mean, exactly. <laughs> top 10, top...
1: Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we're spiraling.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I do feel like, you know, top 30, top 25 is realistic. I don't think top 10 is realistic, but, um, you know, I, I like where you kind of set the, set the, uh, the benchmark there. Um, all right, moving right along. This is another Jim Knowles question. This is from Buckeye Meach. Jim Knowles coached in the box at Oklahoma State. Will he do the same here at Ohio State? Now, I don't know the answer to this question, but I imagine if he did it there, he'll do it here. Um, And I also hope he will. I'm a big believer that coordinators should be up in the box. So I, I think he will be. We'll find out. Your thoughts on that, though, Bax?
1: Yeah, I agree. He should be in the box. I think almost every good defensive coordinator has a bird's eye view of the field. They can see what's going on with their coverages, what the other team's trying to run. That's a lot harder to do at eye level. And it's a lot, a lot harder to do at eye level if you're not six foot six to be able to see over some of these guys. So I certainly hope Knowles is up in the box. I think that makes a lot of sense for him to be up in the box. I think it's just it's it's easier for him to react and make adjustments. And everything we hear about him is that he's that kind of guy. He did it that way last year. So it would be a departure from what I would expect for sure if he was not up in the box for games this season.
0: Next question is a, a long one from Anon5220803. Basically, he wants to know about a lot of the new hires. He thinks some of these hires are really good with Ball getting Gaddis to come from Michigan um, to Miami. I find that more in the schadenfreude category. I just think it's funny. Um, I don't know if it's a great hire or not, but he's asking about some of these hires, you know, some of the. Uh, other assistant coaches that are moving around. Um, your thoughts on some of these assistant coach hires, not at Ohio State, but some of the, the ones from around the country.
1: Well, first and foremost, the funniest situation in the whole country is at USC, where Oklahoma fans are, are wetting themselves every time a kid enters the transfer portal and transfers to USC. Uh, they, 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 they will forever hold enmity towards Lincoln Riley. So that's the funniest one to me. Uh, on top of that, though, I, I think the Gattis hire, look, to me, that struck me as – they expected Jim Harbaugh to take an NFL job and Gaddis was kind of the guy waiting for Jim to leave. So he could hand him the job. And then when Harbaugh decided just to come back casually and Michigan took him back casually, I think Gaddis said enough of this crap. I'm not coaching another year under that guy. And that was when uh crystal ball snapped him up at Miami. The crystal ball hire at Miami is really interesting though, because he's a former Miami guy, right? He remembers the days of da you, right? But Miami's not that program anymore. Miami's a moribund disaster program with terrible facilities. They play in an NFL stadium that's an hour away from campus, so they have no fans. You can make a very legitimate argument to me that Oregon's a better job than Miami. But Cristobal left it. So I'm fascinated to see how this goes at Miami because there's a train of thought that says that – Gaddis never really got to run what he considers his offense under Harbaugh because Harbaugh was so worried about having three tight ends and two fullbacks on the field at all time. So that one will be interesting to see pan out there. But I do think that, like you said, the, the Gaddis departure over to uh, Miami is certainly sheer schadenfreude. And by the way, it's very Brady Hokeian. Under Hoke, a lot of Michigan assistants, especially good ones, would leave for essentially lateral moves to other schools that you thought might not even be as good of a job because they understood the program had some rot. I will never really understand how what happened in Ann Arbor happened, but I think we're going to look back at it and go, wow, that was one of the bigger miracles in college football the last 10 years, seeing how everything has shaped out since.
0: Next question comes from Fox R 2001 Max, he wants to know who needs to step up the most for the Buckeyes heading into this next season for Ohio State to return being the number one team in the big 10 return to the playoffs and compete for the national championship who are some players that you're really that you really think need to step up this year
1: i can't just say the whole defense
0: <laughs> i mean you can. <laughs> you can i mean but i, I
1: think like you know pa- Paris Johnson at left yeah, tackle. I,
0: I think there's you know paris johnson at left tackle as well but yeah you can say the whole defense if I'm, you the, want. I'm
1: not really worried about anything on the offensive side of the ball i'm sure paris johnson will be totally fine at left tackle uh my, my humble opinion is, guys, that we need to step up. It starts with every single upperclassman on the defensive line. Uh, the reality is right now, I think the three best off defensive linemen going into next season, but everybody's estimation would be Tyleek Williams, JTT, and Jack Sawyer. The reality is, Zach Harrison needs to step the heck up. He wasn't great last year. Javante Jean-Baptiste needs to step, that, step the heck up. He wasn't great last year. Um, all these other guys, the Teron Vincents of the world, all the big guys that are going to be back, need to perform like veterans because last year I was extremely let down by the performance of all of our upperclassmen defensive linemen outside of Haskell Garrett, who regrettably was injured. We really never saw him at full speed. So how's that? Every upperclassman defensive lineman needs to get it together and start performing at a higher level than what we saw last year, because for at Ohio State with all the four and five stars that are on there, they need to have more production for them. So that's my first and foremost. Is I expect performance from the older defensive linemen that we have not seen last year.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, I'm I, I'm thrilled. Jerron Cage is coming back. Teron Vincent's a guy that I thought was a supreme underachiever for most of his career at Ohio State so far, and then I thought he played really well in the Rose Bowl. I was encouraged, and I thought that was, yeah, I will we'll find... give him
1: that. He was good in the Rose Bowl.
0: Yeah, and he looks Second like half he's... of the Rose Bowl. Looks like he's added. I wouldn't even call it good weight for for like a normal like athlete, but for a D tackle, I kind of like it. You know, when you got a little got a little belly, and we have the the joke on the front row message board for years the floppy,
1: floppy belly, belly
0: defense. I'm telling you, man, I like I like me a floppy belly D tackle. I I have no problem. You can only with get myself. him in the south. Listen, man, yeah, yeah, it's Ron Vincent, you know, he's, well, I guess he's originally from Baltimore, but went, went to IMG. That's the
1: joke, right? Everybody, you can only get the floppy belly defensive tackles from the South and all the SEC teams are the only ones who have them, right? That's true. (laughs) That's true.
0: So, uh, yeah, I mean, Virginia is technically the South. That's where, uh, Tyleek Williams is from, right? So we got a we got a floppy belly with a Tyleek Williams. Yeah. Larry Johnson likes recruiting his, uh, like, uh, 295 pound D tackles. I love LJ, but I'm, I'm, I like the idea of maybe getting some, uh, some 330-pound dudes in there. That seems to work pretty Let's well. get some beef. So, yeah, I agree with you about the uh, the D-line. Um, I would also throw in the linebackers. I would throw in the linebackers for sure. Now, I, I'm encouraged. I think Kate Stover's going to be that hybrid. I, I like, um, you know, Steel Chambers coming back. I like the depth there. You know, Cody Simon was banged up last year. Tommy Eichenberg was not good for most of the season that he played really well in the Rose bowl. He was really the defensive. MVP. He was the best
1: defensive player in the Rose bowl. Yeah. yeah,
0: 17 tackles. And sometimes tackles can be an overrated stat as we know in football, but he was playing his butt off that game. But when you're having Spielman
1: numbers tackling wise, then I think you're doing something right.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. They don't win that game with that. And there's a lot of guys. They don't win that game without you know, CJ Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba, but they don't win that game without Tommy Eikenberg. So I would throw the linebackers in there as well, but overall I'm bullish on this defense. I, you know, The biggest reason is because Jim Knowles is coming in, but we'll uh, we will move on. All right, next question from Bucknut and Cincy. He wants to know backs with the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Could you guys talk about some of the memories of the former Buckeyes? We will all be cheering on on Sunday. I don't know if Backs will be in a Steeler fan. Well, he can answer that. You also can include Jordan Fuller from the Rams, even though he won't be playing because he's injured. So for the Bengals, the AFC champions, Sam Hubbard, Von Bell, Eli Apple, Isaiah Prince. And yeah, we're going to claim Joe Burrow, too, since Joe Burrow says he claims Ohio State and Jordan Fuller. I'll go first. some of the interesting uh, memories I have now, Bax and I share one that that 2013 recruiting class was awesome. And Von Bell, you know, I was thinking, oh, I know he likes Ohio State, but I bet he's going to pick Alabama or maybe even Tennessee. And Von Bell picking the Buckeyes on signing day. Bax and I were just like giddy and like any Buckeye fan would be. And that was kind of like urban. The first one that he really pulled from the south that it looked like everybody was predicting, I remember, on 24-7 sports, even though they said it was close that Von Bell was gonna, you know, go to Alabama for Urban to steal one from Saban and Von Bell to go on to have the career he did at Ohio State. I mean, he had an interception against Alabama in that, you know, semifinal. Um, played his butt off that year. I believe he was an All-American that year as a sophomore. Um, you know, that's one memory I have. Sam Hubbard, a lot of good memories from him. And Joe Burrow, I loved interviewing him when he was at Ohio State. We don't have a lot of memories of Joe Burrow playing at Ohio State, but he was there for three years. I have like six videos on my YouTube page. I'm gonna just do a search for Joe Burrow um, on the YouTube page. Throw my name in there, and those videos will pop up uh, during his. "Quote unquote career at Ohio State. I really enjoyed interviewing him, and I enjoyed, uh, you know, especially now being a Bengal fan, going back and watching those videos. The confidence was there even then, the quiet confidence. So those are some of the memories I have of some of the guys. And Jordan Fuller, I'll tell you this: Jordan Fuller was one of the best guys, and I don't say this lightly because there's a lot of you know five class individuals that come through Ohio State. He's one of them. So it was easy to see why he was a captain. Um, so those are some of my memories of the guys that are going to be playing in the Super Bowl this week. Backs, so what about you?"
1: Well, first of all, you hit the nail on the head. The first thing I thought of any of those guys was when Von Bell shockingly came to Ohio State. Look, I lived in Georgia, right? Chattanooga, Tennessee, where Von Bell was from, which was right on the border with Georgia. He, I guess he lived on the Georgia side of it. The That is not a spot that kids usually leave to go north, right? If there are the Bamas and the Tennessees and everybody in the world, you don't get those kids often. The southern kids you usually pull are like the kids in the Atlanta metro area that most of them, their families aren't originally from Georgia, anyways, or like the Florida kids who, again, their families, like, you know, their, their grandfather moved down there or their parents moved down there or whatever. Getting Von Bell out of Chattanooga to me was eye opening. That was the surest sign that there was something going on different when Urban Meyer took over. Cause I thought there was no way in hell we were gonna get that guy. And then Urban did. And ever since then, Ohio State has had a constant reach into the depths of the south and you know that's something you have to have that national reach from replacing ohio state so that's definitely one of them uh i I have a couple other really fond memories of a couple of these guys jordan fuller to me i thought was chronically underrated coming out of college i remember thinking going into his last year at osu that that guy was no worse than a second round pick and I think he fell to the fifth or sixth round and i remember thinking just how insane that was and how much of a steal someone was going to get And boom, here comes Jordan Fuller starting as a rookie. I think he was a sixth-round pick. And I I just – sometimes you just know after watching a player that, like, wow, that seems like a really bad spot for a player who looks like he's going to be around for a while. And then sometimes you go, wow, that guy shouldn't have been picked there. I don't know how the heck he got picked that high, right? And there's examples of both we can give you. But I was so sure Jordan Fuller should not have been any lower than the second or third round and when he fell the way he did. Him now in the Super Bowl, even though he is injured, unfortunately – is just confirmation of of just my disbelief that he waited that long to go off the board so you know I I, I'm rooting for for a Buckeye to uh to have a Super Bowl ring and whoever it is it is right um as a Steelers fan I have been there many a time and I know the Bengals haven't made it in like you know pretty much my lifetime so if they win, they win, good for them, right? I, I I'm going to watch the game with some of my friends who are Bengals fans who are in a bit of disbelief right now that this is happening, and I don't have a rooting interest. Raise like, his hand.
0: Raise I know I'm not to yeah. be I know I'm not one of the people that's gonna be watching it with you, but when you said Bengal fans that are in disbelief, I'm literally raising my hand right now. It's still, it's, <laughs> that's the game, all of them. The game is like four <laughs> days away and it still hasn't sunk in. It still has Dude, not 21 sunk to
1: three. Twenty one to three. Against and then the they ended Chiefs. up winning. Right. It's Dude, when, I 21 to three i'm sitting there going okay yeah that's about what I'm ex- i expect to happen and then like i was down at, i was actually in cincinnati when when this game was going on like some of our family friends one of which is like one of the bigger Bengals fans i actually know uh, like he actually rooted for them for most of the time they sucked and like we were there with them and i'm at the water park down there like one of the indoor water parks and The whole park stops what they're doing to watch these games on Cabana TVs because nobody could believe it was actually happening. I mean, (laughs) like, I went on Twitter Live just to to, to, just to like standing there, just like there's 60 people watching this 40 inch Cabana TV just in a state of disbelief. So you know, the reality is, is hey, the Bengals have now made three more Super Bowls than the Browns. I'd also want to point that out. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And it's 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 not like the. uh, as, as a Steelers fan, this isn't like it's the Ravens or even the Browns in the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know how many W's the Bengals are going to get, right? Because this is the Bengals. They're maybe the most cursed franchise in the NFL this size of the Jets. So, they used good, to for, be. the
0: they, good they, for the,
1: the Bengals. Good for the Bengals. Now, you better start drafting a lot of offensive linemen if you want this to keep going, because having been on the side of the young quarterback who had early success and then didn't have any the last 10 years before, you got to keep them surrounded or, you know, the, the, the success doesn't continue. So, Good for the Bengals. That's about all I got to say on that one.
0: Years ago, I would have said, that, "Yeah, I don't think they're going to beef up the offensive line." But what they've done, free agency wise, you know, with the defense, I, I believe that they will focus on the offensive line. They're going to have a ton of cap space. You know, a lot of their star players are on rookie contracts and will be for the next few years. So we will see what happens. It really is cool if you're a, an Ohio State fan who's also a Bengal fan. It really couldn't work out much better because you have four starters that are Buckeyes. Um, for the Bengals and that's not even including Joe Burrow and you know, aren't, not, aren't like
1: three of them captains too, Dave. I mean, I, 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 I remember so. reading something about
0: that. Well, including Joe Burrow. Yeah. You know, cause Von Bell's a captain um, and, and Sam Hubbard. So, you know, if you include Joe Burrow, you know, three former Buckeyes, are captains of the Bengals. So, and again, Joe Burrow considers himself a Buckeye and an LSU tiger. Of course he considers himself an LSU tiger. He won a national championship and a Heisman trophy there. He'll be the Why first football we, player we, ever to consider himself. Or he'll be the first football player ever to win the national championship in college, the Heisman Trophy, and the Super Bowl. The first football player ever to do that, if he's able to pull this off. And you know what? The Rams are the favorite, and I get it, but I still like the the Bengals' chances on Sunday. Dave, really can
1: we talk about this whole Joe Burrow's not a Buckeye bullshit? Like, yes. Th- can we like let's let let's touch base on this one. I know LSU wants to claim him, and they are allowed to do so, right? The young man has a degree from Ohio State. He didn't leave Ohio State on bad terms. He left Ohio State in a situation where two first-round NFL picks were competing for the same quarterback spot. And honestly, Urban hadn't even made his mind up officially yet, right? Right. right. Like, like, Urban wanted this to process to continue into the fall, And then it was probably going to be a repeat of the JT and Cardale thing where he picked one right before the game and just said you play because he didn't want to pick, right? End of the day, like, we can all have all this revisionist history about how Ohio State screwed up so badly by not picking Joe Burrow, but that's people willfully forgetting that Dwayne Haskins went 13-1 and the next year, set Big Ten records for throwing touchdown passes and yardage, and was the only reason that team won the Rose Bowl in the Big Ten Versus going like seven and six, because that team's defense was every bit as crappy as this year's defense was. So, you know, Joe Burrow's a buckeye. And if Joe doesn't break his hand that one year, then he's the first guy in whenever JT Barrett gets hurt in Ann Arbor. Maybe Joe does the same stuff. And I always felt that Haskins was going to ultimately start because he came back for the win against Michigan, right? But like Burrow's a buckeye. He's from Ohio. He has a degree here. He didn't leave on bad terms. There is video left and right of Ohio State fans cheering for Joe Burrow when he was on an average LSU team that first year. I Mm -hmm. think their first game was against like Miami, and OSU had the kickoff game against maybe TCU or something. I forget what it was, but there's videos of OSU fans cheering for Joe Burrow's games during OSU warm-up the guy has always been loved by OSU fans. He is a Buckeye. He was a Buckeye first. And yes, like many people from the Midwest, they had to go south for job opportunities, just like Joe. And like <laughs> and and I can I can understand that cuz when I went south for my job opportunities, you know what I did? Eventually made my way back home back north just like Joe did too. He's a Buckeye. He's an Ohio guy. So LSU, yes, you guys absolutely get to claim him. But so do we. Why are we even debating this still? It shouldn't be a debate.
0: I think Joe ended the debate by saying, "Yeah, I'm a Buckeye." He just said in, in you know plain terms, just like you said. He's like, "I have a degree from there. I was developed there. I was there for three years. I'm a Buckeye." I think he he finally put that to rest. There were some fake quotes out there. Imagine that on the internet. There were some fake quotes saying that he like disavowed Ohio State. I'm like, people are asking me, "Is this is this real?" I'm like, no, that's got to be fake. I, I know he's said in the past. He claims both. So yeah, I think we can put that to rest joe burrow is a buckeye all right last one i love this so this is from kurt kevin kurt kevin he knows us very well backs he just wrote michigan but he, he wrote it with an x instead there's no m he really knows what he's doing so michigan with an x basically just you know michigan kind of what's going on up there with harbaugh and everything go
1: yeah they continue to have problems and it's delicious you see, they just hired some Vanderbilt guy as their defensive coordinator now.
0: Yes, Rick Minnerson. Uh, yes, uh, yes.
1: Um, you remember a while back? It was like probably seven, eight, nine years ago now. And Michigan landed a couple offensive linemen, and they very famously had a post on their board that was said, "Ohio State is left with scraps." Right, that's where they're at right now in terms of coaching, with losing Gaddis, with not Jim Harbaugh essentially taking a month off gallivanting around trying to find a way out of Michigan you know he's like the guy who's like cheating on his wife and running around like a uh, a fool with like a bunch of like teenagers and then calls his wife up and says baby I'm back like she should be happy about it that's the Harbaugh relationship with Michigan right now and meanwhile like you know all the kids don't want to talk to him anymore the neighbors have disavowed him that's like all his coaches leaving him right and (laughs) the guy was interviewing for an NFL job on signing day If this hadn't been the new rule where players were locked in with the early signing, their whole class would have exploded, right? Will Johnson might've signed with Ohio state. He might still go to Ohio state in the transfer portal. If this keeps shaping up again, Harbaugh has always been this sort of incompetent eighties focused coach who was good enough to with the talent that he had to run the ball down your throat to go nine and three, right? And unfortunately, Ohio State failed in their sacred trust of not sucking on defense this year, and they pulled one out. There's no other way to put it. Harbaugh is what he's always been. It's not like he suddenly got smart, and he willfully ruined any momentum that they may have had coming out of this season in terms of recruiting, in terms of the program vibe. You think anybody in Michigan is happy right now that he's back, like truly happy that he's back? Because I don't. And I think it's going to be another year of wandering eye Jim before they find a way to mutually depart. Well, the thing some is is spin doctoring
0: that... up there though, backs. They're 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 if they're not happy, they're sure pretending like they are. Right when they were ready to say, "Oh, we're excited to get a new coach and move on from Jim," because it felt like fait accompli that he was gone. He sure thought he was gone. The spin doctoring up there, and you know what? Not just from the fans, but from the Michigan riders, is making me dizzy. They're acting like, oh, he he didn't really want the Vikings job. No, 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 no. The Vikings turned him down. He absolutely wanted it. And he came calling back his
1: coaches on vacation that week. And just say, <laughs> right. yeah, we'll talk in a week, but they like, are,
0: they are spinning it up there. Like when you said, like, I don't, you don't know if I, I think you're probably being facetious, but if you don't know if any Michigan fans are happy about it, they, if you get on their message board, they seem happy about it. At least they're, they're lying to themselves and saying they're happy about oh, it. Oh
1: no, no, no. This is the, uh, this is the wife who comes out of marital counseling and goes, you know, he's really changed. No, he hasn't. Not one bit. He's still the same cheating goofball that you probably shouldn't have got with in the first place, who was a loser for most of your marriage. That's what he is. He's, you know, what did Denny Green say? They are who we thought they are. He is who he thought we were. He, he is. He didn't want to be there. And now they're putting a good face on it. Harbaugh was grumpy, didn't want to be there, knew it was the best he would ever be able to leave them in, and is upset that he's not making more money because of the way last season went where he got like a stay together for the kids extension from Ward manual. They're not thrilled about it, but they're putting a good face on it because Michigan fans lead the nation in the ability to lie themselves and then believe their own lies. That's what this is. They are lying to themselves and being thrilled about it, right? The reality is in their deep, dark souls are on after their fifth bourbon. They're going to look at you and go, this is going to be a disaster. This is going to be such a disaster, but they are so practiced at believing their own bullshit that they've immediately jumped right back down the train. So, you know, it's going to be another fun year at their expense. They, it does, it, 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 it it's, it's, it's so easy at this point to almost just wipe away what happened last fall. And now we can't, right? Because Ohio state is going to have this central fury that this can never happen again, but it very much feels like we blew it. We didn't do our job versus suddenly they're this great program as we saw whenever Georgia emasculated them in the the national semifinal. So yeah, they can lie to themselves all they want. They are so well-practiced at it that it's, it's become like a very meta thing, but they can, they're not really happy. The reality is none of them are happy. He's there. Ward Manuel is probably sitting there in his office going, I got another year of this guy. God dang it. Right. And Josh Gaddis is going "No, that was supposed to be my job. Peace. Right, All the recruits are sitting here going, what the heck is going on? We have a coach who's ready to leave in a heartbeat. I would be very surprised if the 2023 class builds any momentum because everybody else is going to say, Jim's out of there at the first chance he gets. And nobody could really argue with it.
0: Great stuff from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday. It is the bucket. Thank you to the backs. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning into the show. And thank you to our subscribers for submitting the questions for today's show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land.